0: In this episode you'll hear me talking to Nikki Cullen. This was recorded for the Anxiety Support Summit 2020 and in this recording you'll hear me talking a lot about anxiety and the power of not fighting but instead befriending anxiety. I also talk about parenting and how better to communicate our feelings with our children but overriding all of this I talk about living life being human. And my top three tips that came away from this are step away from Google your anxiety is different to everybody else's be curious not critical and your superpower is being a human being embrace it hope you enjoy the episode
1: Hey guys, right now I have the pleasure of being joined by Jackie Jones. Jackie is a psychotherapist who specializes in helping families, parents and individuals better understand how their thoughts impact their reality and in doing so help change those thoughts to create a better reality, which sounds like a pretty damn good thing if you ask me and is certainly something many suffering with anxiety can benefit from. Jackie teaches using three different methodologies, including transactional analysis, neuro-linguistic programming, and the three principles as originally taught by Sydney Banks. And we're going to dive into it at all. Jackie comes to us with over 30 years of experience in helping people, and I am beyond thrilled and grateful to her for sharing some of that wisdom with us today so we could apply these tools to better change our thoughts And in doing so, create a better reality. Jackie, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Anxiety Support Summit.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It is my pleasure. Um, So just before we kick off, uh, uh, is anxiety something you've dealt with much in your life?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had periods of um, anxiety. I suffered from postnatal depression with all three of my children and it got progressively worse with them all. Um, my doctor was, was a bit sneaky. He put me on anxiety medication under the pretext of it helping with migraines. So I didn't okay. actually realise I was on medication for anxiety. Um, I think he kind of knew me that I'm one of those people that I just man up. That's how yeah. I deal things is through doing stuff I avoid feelings quite well by just doing lots of things
1: yeah wow and Which you went is an on to have three kids, kids.
0: well yeah I, I yeah I did I one of the, the the big events for me I was a foster carer for 13 years and I fostered quite difficult teenage boys and it wasn't until after we stopped that I realised how anxious I'd, I'd been throughout those 13 years, if that made sense.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And good for you. Um,
0: every time a bus went past, I would have a whoosh of adrenaline because that was when the trouble used to start with them as soon as they got off the school bus. So it, was, it, it wasn't post-traumatic stress, but being a psychotherapist, it kind of tre- tweaked my interest in that area because... I would have a reaction to a bus driving
1: past. Yeah. And, and did you, was, um, were you a psychotherapist before this? No,
0: no, it, it, was, it was having the difficult children. I wanted to try and break the cycle. I was seeing um, second generation children in care. Their parents had also been in care. So I wanted to do more than just meet the basic needs of shelter, food warmth, that sort of stuff. And that was what got me into being a psychotherapist.
1: Amazing. And so you went off and did your studies and got your qualifications and dove into the world of trying to figure this anxiety stuff yeah, out. Yeah, I'm still
0: trying. <laughs> I think one of the things with transactional analysis, which is what I'm qualified in, in the UK, is that you have to have personal therapy throughout your training. hmm so I kind of uncovered an awful lot about myself during my psychotherapy training because I was having weekly personal therapy throughout that, as well as supervision. Um, yeah. So it, it was a bit of an eye opener.
1: I, I can imagine, and I think a, a lot of people a lot of people do that. They go into psychotherapy just uh, and uh, part of it. Part of the the appeal is I've struggled, so I want to help others. And then while I'm doing that, I, I get to help myself too and really understand firsthand. And I think yeah. that's what makes it so so valuable um, to work with someone who's experienced it firsthand. It makes it a lot more relatable. The empathy is real. Um, often they understand exactly what you're going through. And, and I think yeah. in my experience, anyway, my belief is that your healing can come a lot quicker that way when you have someone by your side who has that understanding so what exactly is transactional analysis
0: it is what it says on the tin transactional analysis is the analysis of transactions so it's how we communicate with each other um which particularly with parents and children is an area that i'm interested in um but we—it's—it's it's got ego states. There's the parent ego state, the adult ego state, and the child ego state. And we move up and down in those regularly. in In the middle of a conversation with you, I can go to parent and then to child and back to adult. And it's just looking at how we communicate generally with people.
1: Okay. And are most of the you say you work with a lot of parents and children? Um, yeah. Is that, are they parents with troubled children Uh, just to help them manage that relationship and understand on a deeper level what's going on?
0: There's a lot of parents that come to me through behavioral issues. There's a a lot of parents that come to me because either they suffer from anxiety or they're fearful that their child is suffering from anxiety. Um, So, yeah, it's quite a broad spectrum, really. Children are really good at expressing their thoughts and feelings through their behavior. And a lot of the time, particularly with anxiety, the message gets a bit mixed up. They can be really aggressive and angry, but they're actually really scared and suffering from anxiety, but it's easier for them to come out fighting.
1: Yeah. Um, that certainly, I could certainly relate to that, to the anger. Um, yeah. I know when I was at my worst, uh, and 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 way above it uh you you, i'd often grow so exhausted from from feeling anxious or feeling depressed that i um you know my 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 go-to state to take me out of that was was um unrelenting anger yeah because it kind of just it it gave me a break from constantly feeling anxious or or constantly feeling depressed or Constantly feeling weak or any of those negative emotions that you don't want to associate with for too long.
0: Definitely, yeah. And I think the other thing with transactional analysis is that we have authentic feelings, but we also have what we call racket feelings, where we have one feeling, say it's scared, which is often associated with anxiety, but we'll cover it up with another feeling mm-hmm. because our upbringing has said it's more appropriate to show certain feelings rather than others. So if if you're sad and scared as a child, your parents might say to you, well, don't be sad, don't be scared, everything's okay. So we learn it's not appropriate to show those emotions sometimes. Mm. Whereas being angry or happy, it's, it's okay, to, especially it's not stereotyping, but boys, it's not generally frowned upon to be angry. You know, yeah. it's kind of a male thing. So it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to be sad or scared. So we kind of get our emotions mixed up sometimes.
1: And, and how do we kind of go through the process of unraveling them and saying, okay, it is okay to be sad. It is, you know, it is okay to, to not be okay. Um, and it is okay to sit with this and do some work and maybe get some help.
0: What, one of the things that you can do with therapy is to look at the reasons why we think and feel the way that we do. Our past experience, our upbringing, all those sorts of things can have a bearing on how we are as an adult. So some of it is exploring that, which is quite Mm in-depth, which is why I like the coaching side and the three principles as well, because that's quite instant. That's okay, this is how I deal with issues, this is what I do, but I have a choice to change things. So we don't always need to go raking through the past. Am I all right swearing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So just sometimes if I were past this shit, why would you want to go back and go through it all again? do you know what I mean? I don't want to troll through all of that. I want to start from here going forward. So that's where the coaching side comes in, um, yeah. which is the three principles. Just looking at our thoughts. I, I I was doing some training before I did this and I was anxious. And I found that really funny because I was doing training on being anxious and yet I was feeling anxious about doing that training. What's that about? So it's just about being curious sometimes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I've, I like i often say to myself like what in the god's name am i doing with my life why why, you know like i'm so pissed off that i came down this rabbit hole because like yeah i'm very i'm very passionate about it if i could go back in time and never go and i have not gone through it i no problem send me back change i you know like Cause it brings it, 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 I often carry the emotion with me. Um, and uh, sometimes it's just a conversation I don't want to have. Or what do you do?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: I don't know, like I'm doing nothing. I'm a writer. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, sometimes I just, I really don't want to have that talk because I feel like the story I tell myself is though, if I say I, I write about anxiety or I help people with anxiety, or I do uh, anything with anxiety, I have a story which is bullshit in my mind that goes, then if I got anxious right now, this would be awful. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, it's a funny thing that I'm kind of working through, but I've always kind of like not enjoyed just, well, sometimes the conversation is interesting, but often it drags on and turns into a therapy session. And then oftentimes it's just like, I don't want to go there. I feel I have to be too polished for yeah. everyone, everyone. Seems really
0: that's good. something I talk with clients a lot. I'm a bit like Marmite. Some people like me, and some people don't because I can be quite, quite abrupt. You know, and if if my clients are saying, yeah, but last time I did that, this happened, and then what if that happens again? And they kind of build up this whole story, and I'll actually say to them, stop making shit up. Yeah. It happened. That was in the past. We're not living in the past and we're not predicting the future. If we can be in the here and now, just notice the thoughts that we're having. We don't need to do anything with them. Having a thought, "Mm, chocolate ice cream is exactly the same as, oh my God, I'm going to be anxious until we give it energy, until we bring it to life. A thought is nothing until we build a story around it. Yeah. And that can be really difficult when you're feeling anxious. I understand that. It's not Mm. a simple process.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love that analogy, uh, giving it energy. Um, and I really want to come back to the three principles because they're, uh, and like go into them in greater depth. But just just before we do that, so I'm fascinated by the parent-child relationship. I think it's one of, um, it's my personal belief that parents can be their child's greatest savior, but they can also be, the, the greatest enabler of anxiety or mental health issues yeah. or depression. Yeah. Um, so when you work with, with, with parents, how, like talk me through what you see and how you kind of help communicate. Cause it's a touchy subject, right? It's not easy yeah. to, especially if a, if a parent has the courage to come in and say, my child is anxious, like, and, and showing like, I, I really want to help. Right. And once you start having a conversation with that parent and you're just saying like, well, there's a lot of things here you can do, but it's, it's, it's a difficult one to, I would imagine to pry and, and dig up what you need to do, which is your yeah. job, of course, and then deliver the news. Or do you find that you're dealing with a different type of parent in those situations?
0: I think one of the, the things is that parents are really good at accessing help for their children. It's one of the things that they will do. They will spend money. They will buy books. They will Google everything to help with their children. That's, you know, and there's a lot of awfully good parents out there. But often I work with the parents alongside the children because they see their child being anxious or displaying behavior through their own eyes. And often the parent is anxious as well. So you get different parents. Some parents cocoon their children and wrap them in bubble wrap and try and stop them from being scared of everything. Whereas you get the other parents that are kind of like, oh man up and stop being such a scurdy cat, get out there and deal with it. So it's about looking at how they the parent themselves feel about anxiety, mental health, stress and well being and all those sort of things.
1: So yeah. often
0: it it's not just the child that I'm looking at working with, it's it's the parent and the relationship between the two.
1: Wow, um, and it, 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 like I don't have kids. Um, I mean, I'd be terrified. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but it just seems like I, I you know, I understand, especially more and more in the world today, with social media, with uh, so much online judgment, with so many experts about it, and uh, parents are coddling their children more than ever. Uh, they're yeah. not allowing them to go outside and play on the phones. They're they're just like keeping them just c- comforted from the outside world and reality. Um, yeah. That obviously has huge consequences. And then the other side of the, the stick, as you say, is when they're too abrupt and they're too dismissive of their feelings and they're too... They put them under too much pressure and they have them living in fear and stuff like that. And then that all blows yeah. up. Like it's a really fine line to get this parenting thing right.
0: I think one of the things I always I, I run a group called Parent Plus, and our motto is that we're perfectly aware we're not perfect. We mess up as parents. We don't get it right. My parents didn't get it right with me, and I'm sure that my kids well, they do tell me regularly that I get things wrong my eldest is 32 and my youngest is 15 so my eldest the the social media wasn't like it is today so I've kind of parented through that but now as a 15 year old that has it permanently attached to him things are so different You, you know but but parents do the best that they can with what they've got available in that moment I I've been a foster carer and I have seen children traumatized by events that their parents have done but if those parents knew a better way of dealing with life i 100% believe they would have done that
1: oh yeah um and it's
0: kind of like there for the grace of god go i you know as far as addictions and, and all those sort of things you know we 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 all make life choices and sometimes they're not the best but we do it with the best of intentions
1: yeah absolutely and what would be some uh, some like for for any parents watching here that are either anxious themselves or, or that have anxious children and, and they're trying to kind of figure out answers for them. Would you have any tips um, for them to take away and just kind of like to start implementing now that could kind of help their child on their journey or help themselves?
0: It would be to talk to you. and that it we all talk, but it's about talking honestly and authentically about anxiety about the things that we don't generally like to talk about because it can be painful for, for us and parents have this thing that they don't want to remind their child that they felt anxious mm. anxiety is a normal human thing that we do we can't ever be anxious free because we need it for survival but it's when it's triggered unnecessarily. It's it's kind of like we've phoned an ambulance to come and then when it turns up we're saying, you know, what the F are you doing here? I don't need you now. So it's about knowing that it's okay to be anxious. It's, it's never going to go away. Anxiety and excitement can get mixed up. You know, talk about physiological things that your children are going through in the body. When they get that, Sensation of butterflies or tingling in the stomach or the heart's beating faster. Just talk about changes that are happening and that it's okay. Hmm. You know, I don't know. Before I was doing this, I noticed changes in my body because I was starting to overthink the process. I've never met you. I didn't know what you were like. I didn't know whether we'd be okay talking together. So I was starting to build up this story about, oh my God, what's going to happen? That's normal. That's perfectly normal human behavior. We don't need to do anything with it. We just need to understand the process.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So you just openly create a dialogue with your child and let them know what's going on.
0: One of the other tips is to talk like you're talking to a blind person, which sounds a bit ridiculous. But as you're going through something, say it out loud to your children. You know, if you're packing to go away on a holiday, you can start saying things like, oh God, I'm feeling a bit excited about going on the plane, but I can feel it in my stomach and I'm a bit jittery and a bit bubbly and just openly talk about feelings, thoughts and how that's manifesting for you in your body, if that makes sense. Just normalise being a human being.
1: Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just normalise being a human being because we all just try to be superheroes and and repress this stuff all the time. That's something I say to
0: the kids I work with all the time. What's your superpower? And they say, I don't know. And it's like being a human being, that is your superpower. We don't need to interfere with it.
1: Yeah. And I I was having a conversation with someone today. um, And just, we were talking about like men in particular. And how how they, and I, I know in my experience from people that I've worked with, um, but they're so like reluctant to, so overly cautious that someone might find out that they're having these conversations now, less so than 5, 10, 15 years ago, but still there's there's an overwhelming Uh, feeling of shame that's certainly more prominent in men than in women is that is that something you come up with
0: I my ratios go through phases probably about six months ago before the lockdown I was seeing more men than women often they came because of anger issues which was interesting because once we'd worked together for a while, it was actually anxiety that was Mm -hmm. manifesting in anger. Men don't seem to have a problem going to seek help for anger issues. Whereas if you put an anxiety tag on it, they're less likely to seek help. But again, it's about how we express our feelings of sadness, fear, scare, overwhelm, stress, all those sort of things. Often men will express it through anger. And then their partners, their parents, whoever it is, think they've got an anger problem. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, it it's really important. And I think men are getting so good at expressing their feelings a lot better. There's, there's a thing around where I live called Andy's Man Club. And it's a load of rugby players that, you know, one of the colleagues, one of the friends in the team actually committed suicide. And they've set up this Andy's Man Club and it, it's getting you know, nationwide response now. And it's just for men to go and offload in a yeah. non-judgmental place that they can talk with big burly rugby players yeah. who are also struggling with anxiety, stress and overwhelm. And it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, that is amazing. Um, I hope in the next, like over the next five, ten years that that just becomes completely normal.
0: It starts with us. It starts with us us as parents allowing our children to express whatever it is they need to express.
1: Mm. You know,
0: that big boys don't cry. It just doesn't cut the mustard anymore. Big boys do cry.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and sometimes the biggest, you know, a lot of, of, you know, it's trying to, you know, that avoidance can be just going to the gym and and, and getting the perfect body instead of looking inwards and things like that um so you you talk about so transactional analysis and then how do you approach nlp when helping people with anxiety
0: i i'm one of these people that i just believe in lifelong learning if there's something that interests me i will go and learn about it and if i can use that in my private practice then i will i'm not protective of transactional analysis or anything so one of the things that struck me with NLP was if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always got and sometimes we forget that we keep replaying the same behavior over and over hoping for a different outcome and then we get shocked when the same shit happens so it's again it's about looking at our thought process our filters um our upbringing definitely impacts on the way we see the world you know we filter things without even knowing that that's what we're doing because our parents filtered things so we just pick it up and run with it so for me NLP is about looking at me as a person what I believe in what are my beliefs what are my thoughts around certain things you know what are my thoughts around anxiety what are my thoughts around men and women and all those sorts of things so it's it's an exploration i'm passionate about just being curious it's not judgmental there isn't a right or wrong way it's just about being curious about who i am
1: no i i i I completely agree i mean like you know like loads of spices can just make the the perfect recipe for someone and i often feel if you if you kind of like stick to just like what like it, whether it be cbt because it, it seems to be the most respected when it comes to anxiety well you're often maybe m- missing slivers of the pie that could really yeah. help someone just like take it to the next level and really get that freedom that they they so desperately crave and deserve um, i think
0: the important thing is to look at the person as a whole i I'm a thinker. I like logical stuff. I like diagrams. I like theories. That's 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 how I work. Somebody else can be a feely person and they like lots of emotion and connection with people. We have open doors of connection. So if you get a thinker and a feeler together, sometimes they miss each other. You know, I'm, I'm talking lots of logical stuff and they're thinking, I just want a hug. Just give me a hug and tell me it's going to be all right so it's about just understanding how we communicate with each other what ticks for me what how do i understand things through my thoughts my feelings or behavior what is it
1: yeah uh, is there any good studies that you know of that where where we can go and find out, find out those what ticks for us whether whether we are logical or our feeling
0: there's some brilliant books um on transactional analysis um anything eric Byrne, there's some brilliant. So i think it's called ta today is one book that i had in my training that talks about drivers and and open doors and trap doors it it's all psychological mumbo jumbo but some of it makes sense um I've got a picture here that I I love this and I show this to everybody. I'm not sure if you can see it. We call it the drowning man, which is a bit of a depressing thought. But it's about our driver behavior and how that keeps us afloat. So we can be, please others, try hard, um, be strong, hurry up. All these things are kind of behavior techniques that we use to get us through life. And when we're stressed and overwhelmed or anxious, they get pumped up. So if I've got a please others driver and I'm feeling anxious I please others even more. If I've got to be strong and I'm feeling anxious I'll I'll be even stronger because in my head that's going to make me get through this period. So it's about understanding human being behavior where it comes from why do we do it? Do I need to be strong 100% of the time? No. No, that's my story. <laughs> Yeah. So it's about, you've got to know what it is first before you can unpick it and just be curious about, do I need to do that now? Mm. I can be strong on a Monday and crumble on a Tuesday. It's okay. The world will end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a cool little diagram. I like I that. I can
0: send it to you if you want it. That's not a problem. It's, it's yeah. kind of a well-known transactional analysis thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That would be cool. Thank you. Um, so let's dive into the three principles um, Love the
0: three principles?
1: <laughs> well i was only introduced to them recently and i was i have to say i was kind of blown away by the concept and i cannot believe it's been eight, 18 years since i had that first panic attack and i've never come across these three principles um so you know People listening, uh, people watching right now might be familiar with them because, well, just from being familiar, but they might have heard, heard uh, Sari talk about them. Um, but I think it's it's good to refresh memories on this stuff if possible. Uh, so maybe you can just kind of give us a, an overview of the three principles and we, we can just talk about them a little bit because they seem to be extremely powerful.
0: Yeah. Um, the the three principles for me well the the very I don't know whether Sari said this when you were talking to her but it's kind of like nailing it down to one thing and it, it can be quite difficult but the three principles are thought mind and consciousness and as I said earlier on I'm quite a logical person and I love transactional analysis but there's something about the three principles that is just so simple it's it's being a human being in its rawest form. Mm -hmm. We, we have consciousness, we have awareness, we have thoughts that we're conscious of and happen underneath consciousness. But the mind part for me is just amazing that we're part of a bigger thing and it can be a bit woo woo for some people. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Whether that's, god or or religion or whether that's a, a belief in you know the spiritual whatever it is but we're part of something else we're all just energy that vibrates mm-hmm. that, that's what we are i don't ask my hair to grow it just does it i you know if i cut myself i don't have to do anything with my body to heal it scabs over i might get a scar but it just moves on if we don't interfere with the normal process everything just goes along quite happily and that, to me, is, is a really nice, comforting thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's,
0: there's something called a thought chain that 100% of the time our feelings are created by our thoughts, without exception. We're born with two reflexes. We have a, 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 a natural fear of falling and one of loud noises. Those are the only two things that come without a thought. You know, if you hear a car backfiring, you'll naturally jump. Or if you're going to fall, you'll naturally stop yourself. Everything else, there is always a thought before a feeling. Okay. But we miss the thought a lot of the time.
1: And obviously a lot of your work is like that. That's getting down to the core of of your work. Um, helping people to manage their t- thoughts to create a better reality. So how does one go about that? Because, uh, I'm sure people are now perking up going shit. Like, you know, I've been trying to control my thoughts, you know, we can't, I've read the secret. Uh, um, <laughs> where's my Ferrari? Uh, so like how, how do we begin the process of understanding our relationships between our, 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 our thoughts and our reality and, and just begin to shift them to a more positive, kinder place?
0: Again, it, it's just being curious. The three principles, a lot of it is discussed and taught through metaphors and stories, because people will get certain insights from stories. You'll take something from it. Um, and when that, we, before we started, I was talking about being anxious about coming on here, talking about anxiety, which is a ridiculous thing to do. You know, I was doing some online training and my thoughts around, about being recorded are personal to me. Somebody that sits in front of a camera all day long will not have any anxious thoughts about being in front of a camera. So it's not about being in front of the camera that's causing me to feel anxious. It's my thoughts about being in front of the camera that are doing it. Mm-hmm. So everything comes from inside me. If being in front of a camera caused anxious feelings, everybody that was ever in front of a camera would have the same feelings, and we don't. It's like some people are scared of spiders, some people aren't. If it was the spider that was causing the fear, everybody would be frightened of a spider. But it's our thoughts about that that cause us to feel a certain way.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's about to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's
0: just about being curious. I've I've had a client and she came out with something that I thought was brilliant and I've asked her if I can share it and and I share it a lot. We were looking at setting goals, which is an NLP thing, and she wanted to set some short-term, long-term goals. So I sent her this paperwork and she was sat on the couch eating a cake as she opened the email. And she emailed me and she said, oh my God, I can't believe what I've just done. As I opened the email, I was ramming this cake down my throat and eating it as fast as I could. And I couldn't realise what was going on. And she said, and then it suddenly dawned on me, it was my thoughts about setting goals around my eating habits. I wouldn't ever be able to eat a cake again. So literally, subconsciously, she was trying to eat this cake as fast as she could before she set a goal.
1: So she wouldn't eat the cake again?
0: So she, she caught the feeling of not ever being able to eat a cake again, but she missed the thoughts. It was her behaviour of literally ramming this cake down her throat that triggered, this is what's happening. I've made a story up now that I won't ever be able to eat a cake again if I set a goal about eating healthily. So our thoughts are so subtle, they catch us out. So, Does that make sense? You're looking confused.
1: Well, it's very interesting, and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit confused.
0: <laughs> she uh, didn't have a conscious thought that she wouldn't be able to ever eat a cake again. She noticed the behaviour of literally eating the cake really fast. Yeah. That was that was that triggered the insight that her thought had come before it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so... With Just over time, to, it's about just creating awareness of this loop that perpetuates inside you. And when It's you, a
0: thought thing. There's a thought a feeling and then we act on it and that's the behavior. We can have the thought and feeling and we don't need to act on it, as in we don't need to be anxious, we don't need to be fearful, we don't need to be angry. We can just notice the thought and the feeling and sit in that uncomfortable place knowing it will pass, okay. which can be hard.
1: And that's just about really training and untangling those patterns from the past. So you have your thought. Th- just to go back to what you were saying there, I'm, I'm I'm not used to being on camera. Therefore, it's perfectly normal for me to feel anxious. Not everybody would feel anxious because um, th- that's thought, that's not the reality. And then, so if you just kind of sit with that. Before you come on camera and just be curious about this thought, then over time you can teach yourself through that curiosity. You will build up an awareness where you go, "Okay, I don't, I don't have to be anxious." But it's perfectly normal to do it starting out. And I guess yeah,
0: we just it, have takes to... the, yeah it takes the sting out of its tail if we know this is a normal process. It's not magic. It's not. It's not anything ridiculous it's just a human process that we do and it's
1: okay and i guess the anxiety um certainly from my experience and from people i spoke spoken to and and, you know all my studies in anxiety it is like we just have a tendency to avoid to not be curious to want to just get get away from it have nothing to do with it at all and that in itself just perpetuates the anxiety and the thing
0: this, um, me is in order to avoid something, we have to think about the something that we're trying to avoid, so it defeats the object. For me to not want to be anxious, I've got to think about anxiety all the time, so we keep it in focus. It's like if I say to you, Don't think of a big pink elephant, the first thing you're going to think of is a big pink elephant. So, yeah. trying to avoid anxiety causes us anxious feelings,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so fascinating, and as you say, it, it's so simple. Even though it confused the crap out of me there for a second. Sorry. <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, no, that, that that that's my bad. Um that's, uh, that's really powerful. So just go through that one more time for people listening, and maybe for me because it does make sense, and I I, I just want to make sure that I, I've got it. Um, Let's, the let's just use the example of being anxious before you, you're going on camera for the first time.
0: Okay, it's, it's, it's about my thoughts and the story that I make up about the event. So it comes from inside me. It's nothing to do with being in front of a camera. It's nothing to do about being recorded. It's my thoughts about that that are causing me to feel a certain way. So if, if you were talking about anxiety, going to the dentist, some people might get anxious about going to the dentist. It's nothing to do with the dentist that's causing the anxiety. It's all mm. to do with their thoughts about it. My daughter's a dental nurse. She loves going to the dentist because it's her place of work. So it's not the dentist because otherwise we would all feel anxious going to the dentist. Yeah, it's our experience, it's our past, it's our thoughts about things that cause us to have certain feelings and emotions around events.
1: And then to sit and play with that, to to, yeah. to lessen the feelings of anxiety you're accustomed to feeling because you've, you've built up these stories. Yeah. You have to just get curious. And the I other like, thing that
0: I think is really important is our state of mind sometimes we will nail this sometimes we will go to the dentist and not feel anxious and that's brilliant other times we will be so anxious about going because our state of mind has gone to a lower level Mm
1: -hmm. we're not
0: in a good place so our thoughts change dependent on where our state of mind is if that makes sense and it's kind of like an escalator it goes up and down it moves constantly throughout the day yeah. My son can be a bit of a dick at night. He doesn't like going to bed. He's 15 and he'll milk it for as long as he can. Sometimes he, I get triggered. It's like, oh, for God's sake, you know, it's half past 10, you need to go to bed. Blah, blah, blah. Other times it doesn't bother me. That's nothing to do with him, but everything to do with my state of mind and where I am in that moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, once you start paying attention to your emotions, you. You go through an entire wave the whole time and you'll have, and it's, it's just constantly, your state is constantly changing. Um,
0: and I'm sure you said that you suffer from anxiety for 18 years. There will have been times in those 18 years where you weren't anxious.
1: Yeah, I was drunk. Uh,
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but we now, tend to group things together because our brain needs to, Group things, so for eighteen years, you were anxious, but there would have been moments of complete clarity within that eighteen years, I'm sure
1: yeah, for sure um and of course, I have my own biases around that it was It was more thirteen years where i was i mean I can still get anxious today, right because I've accepted, but it was yeah. thirteen years of denial where I felt perpetually anxious, and for the first five years i I did not know what anxiety was. I didn't know I had an anxiety disorder. I, I knew it, I'd fallen depressed as a result, and having a panic disorder too. So I didn't know what any of those were. What I knew is I had a headache for five years, and, wow. and that terrified me. It was, it was a nightmare. So, it's 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 one of those things where you, where where I go like. Now, no one really believed me at the time that I had a, that my, my head constantly ached. Um, and it's one of those things that I was just so drained and like it was insane Uh, I I really just struggled day day to day because I was just like constantly trying to put it together and if I wasn't I was just out getting pissed because that was my only way of escaping the pain but when like when I'm so that was from 20 you know 10 13 removed 13 years removed from that I can still get headaches if I get super stressed.
0: Yeah. But
1: I, I, I definitely like find it hard to believe that that was actually the case. But in, in my heart of hearts, I do believe that was the case. Now, I know for the next seven or eight years, when I picked up a book and read about panic attacks and went, holy shit, that's what I've been through. Yeah. I know I, that's where it was a constant wave of emotions. And I was going through peaks and troughs um, yeah. and, and I was trying to manage and, and gain some manageable equilibrium where everything wasn't crazy and I wasn't convinced I had bipolar and all sorts of other horrible stuff going on at, at that moment. But again, within those five years, there's a lot of good memories.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Most of them surrounded by alcohol, unfortunately, but...
0: that's the one thing i would never judge anybody you did the best that you could with what you had available at the time and if that was alcohol then you've got to kind of congratulate yourself for getting yourself through that in order that you're sat here today in front of me it's not about looking at the past and thinking shit i wasted 18 years why didn't i know this sooner why didn't i do this that and the other it's not about judging
1: yeah no um I certainly would have been like that for a long time, but I appreciate you saying that because anyone that is watching um, should absolutely know that, you know, the past is done. It's not your fault. Don't beat yourself up. We all are doing the best that we can. This is a tricky little bitch to manage at the
0: best.
1: Oh God, yes. (laughs) So, you know, like I, I, I really love the the tips you're offering here uh, and how, you know, if we could just be curious and sit with it, and, and and get used to that uncomfortable feeling, because I know from my experience, when you do sit with it and you just do, just kind of like, may, have a conscious thought to go like, all right, what's up? You're like, yeah. what have you? What, what? Give us your best shot. Let's just sit with you here for a minute. Yeah. It is uncomfortable, but after a while, when you push through it, you realise that like you disempower it. And that becomes very empowering for yourself. And that can give you an awful lot of momentum to build upon um, and find the freedom that you're looking for in the first place.
0: Yeah.
1: So I get, I, what would be some of the c- most common mistakes that, that you believe keeps people anxious? Oh,
0: that's an interesting question. That they can get rid of anxiety i think that's that's one of the things that people come to me with you know i have a a form to fill out and what's the reasons why you come and what do you hope to achieve and often in that box it says to not be anxious and the first time i see them i say sorry (laughs) i can't we can't do that because part of being a human being is to have anxiety it's a survival mechanism and we need it We can look at how it impacts. And again, mindfulness to me is massive. Our brain is not very good at what it does. It's still working as if we were cavemen and needed to, you know, watch out for dinosaurs and things. And we have the same reaction to what we did seeing a saber-toothed tiger when we have a ding on a computer for an email we haven't evolved at the same scale as technology and the world and everything else that's going on around us. I don't think our brains are designed to know what's happening at the other end of the world. The pandemic that's going on at the moment. In the good old days, we wouldn't have known how widespread this was. So our brains didn't need to deal with it. Whereas now we have so much information available to us. It's kind of like we can't process it. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So stress, overwhelm, and anxiety is a natural part of our life now, and it doesn't need to be.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I completely agree, and I love your answer there, and I'm glad you say that because I really I I I kind of like I hate when people say I have the cure, you can end your anxiety forever, blah blah blah, because that messes with people's expectations and and when they when they when they do the course or they they go see the specialist or whatever you know whether it's hypnosis it's like a whole plethora of thing it doesn't matter when they go and they eventually are underwhelmed by the results they turn it back on themselves and they beat themselves up more and they just go hungrier looking for you know this uh, naive determination to find a cure um and that was certainly the case for me, and I was nearly looking for a time machine.
0: Bless, I think everybody's been there, yeah
1: yeah
0: let me back
1: and I know like you know like don't smoke that bong, Nick I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to fuck you up um uh but yeah for years i was i was looking for that time machine and uh so the the acceptance just wasn't there for me i just, i i could not accept this but it was yeah
0: not- i think it's really important one of the things i say to clients when they come is and again i don't want to i say to them quite openly i don't want to piss on your chips but you're not broken you are okay, this is how you're meant to be as a human being. Anxiety is a normal human reaction and response to overwhelm. It's not, we don't need to have it impacting on us on a daily basis so we can look at that side of things but you will never be anxiety free. Our baseline as a human being is to be okay and I truly believe that underneath everything we are all okay. It's Mm kind of like the weather, you know, you've got Hurricanes and snowstorms and thunder and lightning and everything behind it all, the sun is shil- still shining, and that's our okayness. Shit happens, but the sun do not go away,
1: mm. and it's
0: the same with our okayness, it doesn't disappear. We're born with it, and we always have it. We just lose sight of it,
1: yeah. Well, I don't think anyone's gonna think you're pissing on their chips if you share it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> If you're sharing some of that information and wisdom with them, because it's going to help them out an awful lot. Um, I saw, I, I watched a, a great little video of yours on your YouTube, and who uh, you were who were, <laughs> uh, and uh, I th- I just thought it was worth bringing up because I think like the more people hear this, the better. Um, and your video was it was about acceptance versus resistance. Yeah. So uh, I, I was just wondering if you would be so kind to just touch on it a little bit, um, and elaborate for for people watching who might be experiencing more resistance in their life right now.
0: It goes back to what we were just saying earlier on that in order to move on from something acceptance is the best way to do it rather than resist it if we're looking at anxiety it's about accepting that anxiety is a part of us we we can't get rid of it we need to make friends with it and sometimes the way my mind works it does go off on its its own tangent but i i made friends with my anxiety because it was it was doing its best to help me out in what it it thought was stressful situations so I I don't want to resist it I want to embrace it but let it know I've got this you're okay you don't need to trigger all my responses I've got this it's kind of like that friend that's always looking out for you you know I don't know but it ends up being a party pooper because we don't actually want it to be at the party with us (laughs) so it's not about resisting anxiety it's about embracing it and letting it know that yes i appreciate i need you at certain times but i don't need you all the time just yeah. to mean i want to get rid of you completely but just quieting down a bit
1: mm-hmm. love it love it um jackie where can people find you and kind of connect with you
0: um i've got two websites there's um parents hyphen plus which is the parenting side of things that I do. So that's www.parent-plus.co.uk. And then jackiejones.co.uk is my psychotherapy website. And I'm on Facebook as well. I pop mm-hmm. up all over.
1: And Jackie is spelled J-J-A-C-C-I. Yes, just to be different.
0: So nobody can find me in the real world.
1: <laughs> I love it. I've never seen Jackie spell like that. That's great. Um... Uh Jackie, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom with that uh I think it's absolutely brilliant, and I think um you know I really believe that those watching are gonna go off and just like really just research more of what you have to say and just explore what it's like to be curious with their anxiety and sooner rather than later begin to see the patterns emerge that actually you know, it's not as bad as I, as I thought it was all this time. And, uh, and I can, I can control this and I can tone it down a little bit. Um, just before we wrap things up, what would be the three, your three top tips for someone struggling with anxiety today?
0: My three top tips struggling with anxiety. One would be step away from Google Um, You don't need to know everything about anxiety because your anxiety is different to everybody else's. So that would be one thing.
1: Um,
0: Be curious, not critical. Um, And your superpower is being a human being. Embrace it.
1: Mm. Love it. Absolutely love it. There's Google some, is the uh,
0: devil's work. Sometimes that's what I say to clients: step away from Google.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Google have you make you make you think you're dying all the time. Yeah, it's never going to to return anything favourable um, or rarely, anyway. But um, you know, the, just to go back on what you were saying about technology, it's it's crazy how it's evolved and um maybe one more question because i meant to touch on it as you said it but how how would you recommend people kind of manage their technology consumption to to like relax their mind and, and adopt a more mindfulness approach to life
0: one of the things is that we don't need all the answers it's okay to not have all the answers and so we we tend to search for them on on Google and all these other things and it will be okay at some time if our state of mind is in a good place we can filter out the good stuff and the bad stuff but when our state of mind is not in that good a place we we absorb so much information so I'm not going to say that the internet and social media is good or bad but you will know when you've had too much just trust your trust yourself to know I'm on it too much now I'm living a fantasy world I'm looking for something that I'm I'm not going to find externally. I need to look in me. Yeah. What I, I want.
1: Just being more curious within yourself. And yeah. we, we see that, I mean, we're, you know, we're privy to this ourselves and we're, we're kind of like conscious, like even with coronavirus, when it started, everybody is freaking out and you spend more and more time on social media and everything's driven to drive that fear. And when you kind of just step away from it, you hear going like, well, I'm not, uh, you know, I coughed this morning and I didn't think I was going to be on my deathbed in a week. Uh, I,
0: I did exactly that, what you're saying. As soon as it came on, I had Sky News on 24 hours a day and then wondered why I was feeling anxious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did it too.
1: <laughs> well, it's hard to avoid it, isn't it? But there's also, there's it's, you're experiencing something extraordinary right I, I i've never experienced a pandemic you know we've always had yeah. a few flirting with it and this thing is taking over the world um and we're talking you know talking about an awful lot of horrible things happening and an awful lot of horrible things are happening but it is yeah. a historical event uh all the same so it does spike your interest it does give you that talking point but After a while you're just yearning for Brexit to be back again.
0: Yeah. And it's like I was saying earlier on, you know, our brain, it's a caveman thing. You know, in the good old days, we didn't know what the next tribe over the hill were doing. It it wasn't it wasn't our safety and survival didn't depend on us knowing what they were doing. We were just looking at the here and now stuff and surviving on a daily basis. So it's it's no wonder we get overwhelmed and anxious when we know every corner of the earth and what's happening. Mm. And that's not to say that we should be, you know, stick our head in the sand and not be aware of global warming and you know all the eco stuff that's going on. Of course, it's important, but not when it overwhelms us.
1: Just yeah, just to manage manage our, our consumption and take a break. Yeah, take a break. Jackie, uh, you've been a star. I've loved talking to you. It's been an absolute Thank you. pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. Keep doing what you're doing. Love
0: it.